You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. And the first midweek show of the baseball season. we got three shows for you each and every week during the baseball season. And so, Charlie Winfield, and first of all, before we get into baseball, Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. I want to talk about something positive real quick before we get. So, we've played five games in six days. So, Charlie, three and two, we lose the second game. We came back in here on Sunday Coffee and kind of gave the scouting report of how Coach Polk would go through things on Sunday. And then we split two in the midweek against Louisiana Monroe. And so, what say you after five games? We don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a lot that you have to improve on, but we also saw some bright spots. And uh, I don't want to pretend that, hey, anybody – in that locker room, coaching staff anywhere on campus is happy with three and two. But at the same time, what would Ron Polk say? <laughs> I That's don't think baseball. Yeah, I don't think Chris Lamonis after the the first game against Louisiana Monroe, if you saw that uh, press conference, I don't think he was No, there wasn't a whole lot of that's baseball coming from him, was there? No, it wasn't. And I did laugh in the broadcast when Coach Polk came in and we were getting beat like 11 to 0 something like that and he looked at coach Polk and said I don't want to hear you say that that's baseball <laughs> yeah, and throw- he just kind of slumped his shoulders and turned and walked out <laughs> um, no but I mean if you look at it look there's some things that we can say have been very positive even in the midweek in even in the loss what would you say Bradley Lofton gives you a lot to be excited about Gerangelo gives you a lot to be excited about but we had guys who pitched in relief, who pitched good. I think what we had is a few meltdowns. We did. You know, and when I say meltdowns, what I mean is, for the most part, just inability to throw strikes. And I want to dig into that for a minute. Can we dig into the strike-throwing issue a second? I would like for you to. Right, let's think about the things that are different on pitchers right now than they have been the whole time they've been growing up pitching. One is that pitch clock is being run – a lot more rigorously than it has in the past. And, and that has been beating their head a lot in the offseason because we talked to Paul Gillier, the baseball coordinator of umpires, last week uh, off the air. We had a Zoom call with Paul, and they were talking about how the emphasis this year on that 20-second clock, and you saw it in some of these tournaments like in, in Houston and out in Dallas – the, the opening weekend where strikes were called on batters for not being in at the 10-second mark. One was called out on the third strike to end an inning. And, and we've seen that with pitchers, too. They're being called balls. And so if you're not ready to pitch in that 20-second pitch clock, they, they are looking at that very heavily. And so I agree with that. That's one thing that's kind of been beating their head in the offseason. And related to that, remember last year they had the big thing that if you stepped off the mound, and I hated this phrase – 
but you had to drive some action. You had to make <laughs> something happen. But what it became was if you just stepped off the mound and raised the baseball, that it, was good enough. Right. Which is why we saw a lot of pitchers step back, raise the ball in the air, almost just flick the wrist as if throwing to a base, and it reset the clock. Now you can't do that. Now what can you step off once? Yeah, step off once per batter. And then if you step off again, you better throw the ball to that base. And so then that plays into a difficulty holding runners, which plays into increased stolen bases, which now plays into pitchers having it in their heads. Hey, i got to get this thing there in a hurry. I've got the running game. And it's just one of those things that so many things now are put on a pitcher with this change. And they'll adjust to that. They will. But if you look around the league, so we're sitting here saying, well, we walked 19 guys the opening weekend. We didn't lead the league in walks. Ole Miss had 18. We had 19. Somebody had 22. And so it's not like we were unique. Now, again, I'm not saying I'm happy about it. Don't get me wrong. We were not unique in that game on Saturday. I mean, you look at how – how do we build that lead? Because VMI could throw strikes. Right, exactly. And so then – it's also – so you talk about the pitch clock. You talk about how that affects the running game. I'm telling you, Charlie, we're going to be talking about this all season long about how umpires are graded. Now, Javero January, Wednesday night, second game against Louisiana Monroe, you know, he kind of went outside a little bit. He gave, he gave you that midweek strike zone. Yeah, he wasn't worried about the track man report that he was going to be getting after the game. No. And so, you know, track man, we talked about this in the Sunday game our Sunday show about how what TrackMan is, it's pretty much like you see the box on TV when you're watching a Major League Baseball game, and that will kind of determine the strikes, the strike zone. Now, the difference in that is is you have a, a smaller guy at the plate and then a bigger guy at the plate is still the same zone via TrackMan. And so those umpires are graded off the TrackMan stats, and so you're not getting as much, you know, you're not getting as much leeway outside the zone. And so here's that, then that plays into another thing that pitchers are going to have trouble with, I think, this year, and that is getting hit. Yeah. I mean, when you have a, a tighter strike zone. So that, that goes into Tuesday night. And would you rather see a team, and you ask yourself the age old question, would you rather see a team give up runs like you did on Saturday because of walks or a team give up runs on Tuesday because of hits? Because of back-to-back-to-back-to-back singles. Yeah, but, but that's what that's what you're going to see. You're gonna and that's s- a policy choice that's effectively been made. Right. And, and it's, an, it's an odd thing. I think there are way too many people trying to get in the middle of how baseball's run. Because here, answer me this. What game have we played that has been shorter than it would have been last year? And by short, I mean of any measurable amount. Oh, no, we're playing over three-hour games. Yeah, and so we've done all these things, and for what purpose? I think it has contributed to making the product not as good. Now, I'm not going to get on here and start talking about policy because how much change can we make? But if you're going to be graded off of track man and about the strike zone, why don't they just make the strike zone bigger on track man? You know what I'm saying? Why don't they give you a ball in and a ball out Right on, on track man? Or if you got a, a shorter guy to play the ball down. No, that's the thing, though. The you zone know. is the zone. I get that. I but, uh, but in any event, here's, here's my half-full guy, and that is this. That's me, usually. There are, a lo- <laughs> there's, there are a lot of things going into 
what these pitchers were dealing with other than just an inability to throw strikes. You know, you and I kind of laughed because there's always the game. It, it never fails. You walk a couple of guys, there's somebody in the crowd screaming, throw strikes. And we made a comment about that on the broadcast. Somebody follows up and says, well, apparently that guy was right because they've forgotten that it's important. <laughs> hey, do you think that there was any time during the game that any person on that field thought that strikes are less important than they've ever been in the game of baseball? No, and so then you also have the parents at travel ball tournaments who say the same thing is throw strikes and then when their kids at the plate swing the bat. Swing the bat. You know, <laughs> swing the bat. It doesn't matter if that ball's, you know, in the dirt or wherever it is. Well, we've uh, think about that. It's we either have to be aggressive and if that's not working, <laughs> we need to have been more patient. Well, which is it? Yeah, so you know, we win the Sunday game. We came in here on Sunday coffee on uh, Sunday morning. And, hey, we had a tough Saturday game. When you give up a you know a 10-1 lead, we came back in the Sunday game. And I thought we you know, we pitched it okay. I thought Landon Gartman mixed his pitches and was pretty good in five innings of work in the Sunday game. I thought he was really good. And I thought he pitched well. Yeah, and, he pitched. And, and what I mean by that is he pitched. He, he didn't did just throw. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the, the problems, I think, in the velocity age that we're in. So here's my question to you. Without regard to what we will see on the card, without regard, I mean, what's your rotation? If you're in charge, what's your rotation? You know, right now, and it was kind of interesting how, you know, we come out with uh, Casey Hunt in game two against Louisiana Monroe. He throws one inning. And so you kind of wonder if that's just to kind of get him back with some positivity going on the weekend, or is that something you, you see going forward? I mean, you would think of all the three starters right now that probably he's the closest to getting the hook on the weekend. All right, so let me let me ask you it a different way. Right now, we know the people who have started a game. Right. You got your weekend starters, then Gerangelo, Bradley, Lofton. If you had to make that change, where is it going to be? I'm telling you, I thought um, – First of all, I th to get to that point, I thought we did a pretty good job of throwing Gerangelo and Lofton one inning each in the weekend to get them ready. That way, the first time they start, it's not the first time they've seen the mound. I've liked what I've seen out of both those guys on Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, is it enough to work themselves into the starting Friday, Saturday, Sunday rotation after one outing? I don't know. You've got Arizona State coming in. See, that's the wild card. I mean, if you're playing Princeton this weekend, you may tinker a little bit. But you've got an Arizona State team out of the Pac-12 that's 4-0. They beat San Diego State three games this past weekend. They beat UNLV on Tuesday night. So you've got a Pac-12 team. And so do you want to make that call in week two? That's that would the not, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, if I'm a coaching staff, I have to feel like I trust my evaluations. There was something that led to us in the opening week over a period of time, over a longer track of history that led us to believe that this ought to be our rotation on the opening weekend. And I don't want to let one inning. Right. I mean, that's really what it came down to, right? Yeah. Do you, do you really want to let, let one bad inning impact your decision-making? Now, if it continues, then you do. But also, I'm going to be thinking if I'm managing on Friday about where I'm going in the bullpen, right? Because 
you know, if you got that game too, you may be thinking in the back of your head, hey, I need somebody who could give me some length out of the bullpen here, you know, if things if things don't work on Saturday. And so that that ties into what you saw in the midweek on Tuesday night and seeing, you know, you you had some trouble. Tyler Davis was hit pretty good. Tyson Harden was hit pretty good in the game on Tuesday. And so you got to get their confidence coming back. And those are those are two of your swing guys right there, especially Tyler Davis, the left-hander from VCU. So you, you got to run him back that there. Hey, we're going to talk further about this. We're going to have a show for you today. We're going to we're not going to have any interviews today here in the midweek show. We're just going to talk baseball. We're going to talk some men's basketball. Of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. And uh, on Friday, we'll have the Tracks Plus Deep Dig for you. Tracks Plus now with five locations. Of course, the original in Hickory, Mississippi. Then they put one between Starkville and Columbus on Highway 82. And now Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now Bessemer, Alabama. Saney Excavators and many excavators, if you're in the construction world or if you're working for a municipality or a county and you're doing purchasing, but I'll tell you what, Tracks Plus. Go to tracksplus.com. That's a growing company. And so, hey, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us here in the midweek. Mississippi State now 3-2 and two in baseball, coming off a win on Wednesday night against Louisiana Monroe, getting ready for Arizona State this weekend. Charlie and I will come back. We'll talk some more about baseball. We'll talk about men's basketball on the other side of the break. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. Welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. And this segment brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland, located over in the Mississippi Delta, over in Itabina. It's, they started off from the eggs. They do the feeding themselves, and they do the production. And it's truly farm to table. The catfish are fed with high-protein, grain-based feed that gives them that signature mild and sweet flavor. And so Heartland Catfish, you just can't beat U.S. farm-raised catfish in the Mississippi Delta. If you have a restaurant you're trying to think about what kind of catfish that you want to sell at your restaurant, you give them a call on the wholesale side, and it's definitely the great, excellent quality of our friends at Heartland Catfish. Charlie, we're talking about baseball, and now we go to the weekend. We were talking a minute ago about the rotation, and I agree with you because you're asking me if there's anything to do, any kind of changing, and I really don't see that this weekend against Arizona State. Too early. But here's when you start to look at it, though. Right now you have four pitchers on your team with ERAs of zero who have pitched four innings or more. Really? Yep. You've got Bradley Lofton. Okay. Because remember, he didn't allow an earned run. Gave him an unearned run in the first inning on Tuesday. And so he went one on the weekend, four. So that's five for him. Uh, Gerangelo, five innings, no earned runs. Didn't allow a run, earned or otherwise. Hey, let me tell you, I like Gerangelo, the way he attacks. Is it just me? I mean, he's throwing 95, 96 at times on the gun, but it doesn't seem like it's straight. It's not. It's got some sink to it. It's got some sink to it. And so – he, uh, he's going to give up some hits, but I tell you, he, the first time on uh, Wednesday night, he went with that left hand. You know, he walked a guy, and then he hit a batter, and you're like, okay. All right, really? like, uh-oh. And then he settled down. He struck out a guy, got a big strikeout, you know, left-on-left situation. 
against uh, you know the guy Archberger who hit a couple home runs the night before, and so Gerangelo looks the part. I mean, you know what I like about Gerangelo? He's a freshman, but he has zero emotion out there. None. Now, boy, there's a contrast between him and Lofton, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lofton's going to beat a rosin bag in half out there. Uh, Nate Dome, four and a third, didn't allow an earned run, and he got some tough luck. You know, he did. He got tagged with a loss that he, you know, without an earned run. And and I know, I get it. You're out there, and you know, that's when they scored the run. But at the same time, he he got some tough luck. I thought he looked good. And then Cade Smith. And Cade wasn't – he didn't have pinpoint control. He wasn't great. But he was Cade Smith. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean He's got a little that boxy is, to him. Cade Smith competes. He does. And so, th- this weekend, you know, you play a 4 o'clock game on Friday, 5 o'clock on Saturday, and then 1 o'clock on Sunday. That Saturday should be a lot of fun because you've got men's basketball against Texas A&M at 2.30 and then baseball at 5 o'clock. And, um, Charlie, men's basketball going on the road to Missouri Tuesday night, losing it. Oh, no, I can't. You can't go there? No. Uh, it's Not mentally yet? It's still too raw. Man, I tell you. And, hey, what did we say going in? We said two weeks ago, I just didn't see it. I didn't see us going to Missouri and pulling off that win. And you and I are trying to broadcast the game, baseball game. We're trying to watch a little bit of the men's basketball game. And I listened to a lot of the second half coming home with Neil and Coach. and Just could not make a three-pointer in the second half. We were over 10 behind the three-point line in the second half. And they bang in, too. And in overtime. shots at the end. Yeah, and- massive shots. And so – I didn't think we had a – I mean, I don't want to say we we had a chance, but I thought when we talked a couple weeks ago that that would be the loss. I didn't have a good feeling going into the game. I didn't either. But much like the game in Alabama, it sucked me in. (laughs) I was not mentally prepared to be emotionally invested in this game. No, not at all. (laughs) And then then I was, and so I had to take a few walks last night, stay out of the house a little while. So let me ask you this. Now down the stretch – you know, A&M right now is in second place in the SEC. They're 13-2 and two in the league, which is kind of crazy how that's crept up on us a little bit. Alapom for them is like 25. So they're, they're 25. What we talked about a couple weeks ago is we could see us coming down the stretch, losing at Missouri, got to defend the home floor against A&M. That's tough. It is going to be tough. Then you got to defend the home floor against South Carolina, who's Ken, 225. Ken Palm 225, and then go to Vanderbilt, who's and, 87. That's going to be a tough one. Well, and, and what you would really like to have is Vanderbilt jump into quad one. Yeah, yeah, that would be you good. Would, and Vanderbilt's play early in the year, I thought Vanderbilt was not very good. and They've played they, better. They've played a lot better. They've had some big wins. That's not going to be an easy game. And So what's our Ken Palm right now, 42? 42. So, we win at home against A&M. It'll go up a few spots. Yeah, 38. Yeah, 38 or so. Then you beat South Carolina at home. It may go back to 40. <laughs> and so, but then you beat Vandy. You're going to be right around 40, 99 in the league, winning eight of your last 10. I'm telling you, if we win these last three games, I think we're going to be in, Charlie. Yeah, and if I grow to be 6'10", I'll be able to dunk. But, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, come on. We, we got to – one at a time here, man. But I'm telling you, no, I'm, I'm getting them all at once. No, that's a big old task to try to win all three of those games. I'm fishing with dynamite right now. What what would – if one wanted to lay odds on that in a popular Nevada town, 
What kind of odds would you get? 63% is going to happen. No, 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 no. What? No, the probability of winning all three of those games, your probability of beating Texas A&M is probably, what, about 24? So I guess what did you say? That's like laying a parlay on the three games. And so I would probably put that. You get 12 to 1 odds on that. You think you would? I'd take it. I would. I can't bet on basketball, though. That's one of the things you can't do working in an NCAA athletic department is bet on college sports. Well, I do not endorse such an activity in any way. I form. don't either. I do not. In, I, I can't believe you even brought it up, Charlie. No, I was thinking more <laughs> like, you know, just among friends. Um, no, I think it, that's a tough get. But regardless, even if you want to go with my view of we got to take it one at a time, we've got to make some shots. And you're going to have to make shots – if you're going to beat Texas A&M. We are. And, you know, A&M is a – Buzz Williams, you got to give him credit. He's a pretty good basketball coach. But I, let me tell you this now. And, I'm you know, I know we lost the other night. I think we got a good basketball coach too. Here's I think the, we have an exceptional basketball coach. Here's one of the things that, the, you know, when you start talking about how you lose games. You know, Buzz Williams is only 51. Is he really? In fact, he hasn't even turned 51 yet. He's only 50. Huh. So – Man, he was only like 40 years old when he was at Marquette and they were rolling. That's not sure the years have been a friend of Buzz. No, they haven't. But here's, you know, against Alabama, we didn't shoot free throws well. We hit 9 of 13 in the second half the other night. You know, we finished 13 of 18 at the free throw line and shot 72%. Here's who, here's, here's who we are. We, we struggle at times offensively enough that you're just going to play a lot of close games. And the other night, you know, we beat Ole Miss in a game that went down to the wire that shouldn't have gone down to the wire. And then we play a game that probably shouldn't have gone down to the wire because I think Missouri at home is a really good team. And they had a great atmosphere in that game on Tuesday night. And then you lose by two. So I think you just play a lot of close games. Let me ask you this question. Going back to the point of if you get into the NCAA tournament and you're a team that defends, and you probably defend differently than a lot of other teams defend, Nobody wants to match up with That's us. That's what I was about to say. Nobody. We are a tough team in the NCAA no, tournament. we would be a really tough out, in in particularly if you should win the first game. You yeah. can roll over day two. Somebody's got to get ready for you a little bit quicker. I know you're always peeking ahead. You've got somebody you know, working on that assignment. But I think we would be tough. I think the tough part's going to be getting in. I think when we go back and look at this season, we are going to say that we were literally one player away that we were one extra guy who could knock down a shot away. And that and that's not taking away from any of our pieces. But now and then you just need that one more guy who can shoot. Yeah, you do. Hey, um, one thing about the outfield, one thing about baseball rolling right now is you got the left field lounge going on. And so when you get ready to come to the ballpark, go by and see our friends and get some of their country pleasing. You can get at all the grocery stores throughout state of Mississippi now. And, of course, if you're coming through Florence, that's where they make it. Mississippi-made product down at uh, Country Meat Packers. Country pleasing sausage, jalapeno cheddar, the regular. They've got so many different kinds now. The crawfish and pork is pretty good, too. I like that a lot. But it's just a growing brand. We talked about Heartland just a moment ago and Attracts Plus and all these Mississippi-made companies that are continuing to grow. And so go to countrypleasing.com, and they'll ship it to you. So our good friends at Country Pleasing. And, and Charlie, I eat so much Country Pleasing. And we, you and I talked about early on about having a weight loss challenge. 
And we talked about this at the end of December. And so now I guess we're two months into it. I think I've gained three pounds. It hasn't gone the way I wanted to. No, it has not. You know what it was? Because I said I was like Babe Ruth calling a shot. (laughs) Unfortunately, if you remember Major League, I'm more like Jake Taylor. I called my shot, shot, and I've laid down a bunt. Yeah, I have too. And I but think, we have a plan. Yeah, we do have a plan. There's somebody that looked out and said, these guys need help. Yeah, Rob Thornton is a good friend of ours, and they own the Hot Works in Startville. And let me tell you this. Right now, there's a lot of our buddies that are about to giggle, all right? Because let me tell you this. Charlie and I are about to go to Hot Works in Startville. It's open 24-7. You get the monthly membership. They give you a key code. You can go there anytime. Turn up the heat as high as 130. Get on a bike. Get on a rowing machine. Do some yoga. Do some hot yoga. But for the rest of the baseball season, I think we need to extend our weight loss challenge through the baseball season. And you and I are going to get a Hot Works membership, and we're going to see what we can do. How's that? Well, I feel now that I kind of owe it to Rob. No, we do. We do owe it, to owe it to him now. I, at least we have friends that are looking out for us. That's the whole key there. And so my cardiologist was looking out for me a couple of years ago when he says, hey, you're putting on some pounds. Hey, so speaking of looking out for people, here's some advice. You mentioned coming into the outfield. You mentioned bringing the country pleasing. Did you notice the fire in the outfield, the grill the other night? I did not. Yeah, so – now they're asking, in fact, I won't say asking, they are directing you, if you have a grill, to bring a fire extinguisher for your outfield location. I did did not you know s- that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, so if you're coming this weekend, you're going to be lighting up your grill, throwing some country pleasing on. Now, here's the thing. Country pleasing's not loaded with fats. You're not likely to have a grease fire, but you get the wrong kind of sausage, and you could. So, yeah, there was actually during the game – on Tuesday night, <laughs> there was smoke billowing. And there's always smoke, but this was just different level. Somebody didn't get the shot back out there, get all the, the giblets it, out of the bottom. people standing around, a lot of people with uniforms standing around, and nobody really knew what to do. So oh. now, bring a fire extinguisher. Oh, definitely do that. Charlie and I will come back. We'll have a final word here on Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Busy weekend this upcoming weekend. We talked about the Mississippi State and Arizona State Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday at 4 o'clock, Saturday at 5 o'clock, and then Sunday at 1 o'clock. Men's basketball, we got a busy Saturday. Men's basketball at 2.30 as well. And so if you're coming to Starkville this weekend, Need to go to startville.org to make your plan as you come to Startville. Yeah, I have a few things going on on the 24th. That's Friday. Yes. Coming up, we've got Music on Main, Spruill Property Management. They're presenting that, so we'll have some people playing music. And then Unwind Downtown. Really? So where you shop and then you, yeah, okay. And have a, a you know. Yeah. And so those things going on. The other thing that's going on coming up, though, um, we talked about, Trying to get in shape, we've got the Startable Strides Challenge coming up. So should we do the Hot Works and the Stride Challenge? Well, I think we probably need all the help we can get. Okay. So the reason I didn't do the Hot Works this week is because we had baseball on Tuesday and Wednesday, 
and I didn't know whether I needed to do hot works and broadcasts on the same day. It's almost like flying an airplane and scuba diving in the same day. I didn't know if I needed to do a hot works and a broadcast. Yourself, right? Yeah, I didn't know if I needed to get to the sixth inning. And Charlie's like, "Okay, <laughs> I've got I got to have it the rest of the way." <laughs> hey, you did finish the broadcast for me on Sunday, and so I didn't see Nixon pitch on Sunday. How did he look? Good. Did he? Yeah, he looked really good. And so another guy that again, it's not all negative, man. Still sorting things out in the lineup a little bit. We've seen some changes. And um, I think we got more depth. I mean, Aaron Downs, Hyzak, those guys can hit. And so, I mean, you get in a situation now, you got Chance who's been at DH. They started him in right field in the Wednesday game. Kellum Clark banged up a little bit. Kellum Clark did not Took play. a foul ball off the foot. Right. So, you know, we do have some, we do have some options. That's the thing about it. You just got to figure out ways to get them in a in a bat. That's the thing. You know, it's not like uh, youth baseball where you can bat twelve, right? So let me ask you this. You know, one of the things we talk about is the pitching and about the depth of our pitching staff. And you know, there are so many different ways to go about this. Do you think that may attribute to you know sometimes not having great release point, finding the strike zone when you've got so many different guys that may be getting one inning a week instead of four? So, right now, we've had 16 guys cross the mound. Yeah. And at some point, doesn't that number have to come, become more like 10, 11, I was 12, say 12, 13? 12 or 13, maybe. Yeah, so I guess that's one question is how many in a weekend series. You kind of throw the midweek out a little bit, except you need to get your guys some innings. You know, this is one of the few midweeks this week that you're going to play two games and play, you know, five games in six days. So, that that's, to me, is when you get into playing one game in the midweek is, you know, how you work some of these guys in. That's going to be a, a big factor to me. And uh, Coach Polk and I were actually talking about that the other day. You talk about me, you know, giving Coach Polk a hard time in the, in the booth the other day. So, um, yeah, just trying to figure out what your – not only your rotation, but who are your guys? Who are your 12, 13 guys? I think that's going to be a big factor too. But at the end of the day, yeah, this is not just a that's baseball situation. Saturday didn't feel good. Tuesday night did not feel good either. Vandy got beat by Central Arkansas. A&M got beat by Lamar. That was Tuesday night. Those are two teams ranked in the top ten. But I go back to what I said after the ball game on Tuesday, and that is even if you had won, some of the problems you were seeing are still there. Yes. And so I think the big thing I want to see coming into the weekend, I don't want to set an expectation on you've got to take two out of three. You need to. Need to. Uh, but uh, I certainly don't want to say you have to sweep. You need to take two out of three. But the big thing for to have some hope, look, we're going to go out to Frisco, and we're going to play some good baseball teams. Very good and teams. And we'll be able to prove that we're we're good out there is the start to that, though, is playing better. And I think, you know, we got to clean it up on the infield. You know, we we got to scoop more and we got to throw better. <laughs> we we got to need to scoop fewer <laughs> and we got to scoop more of the ones that come our way. So there's a lot of that going on. We've got to control the running game. We All those things, I think it will be uh, a big weekend for us to see what type of step forward we've taken. All right, we'll come back. We'll have our Tracks Plus Deep Dig on Friday. That'll be a re- released early on Friday or Friday morning sometime, and then we'll play at 4 o'clock on Friday. 
5 o'clock Saturday, and then 1 o'clock on Sunday. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us first time on the midweek. Once again, thanks to our good friends at WFCA 107.9 at French Camp playing the, the midweek show each and every week. And so, once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Tracks Plus. Go to tracksplus.com for all your heavy machinery and forestry equipment. Country Pleasing. Country Pleasing Sauces. Go to countrypleasing.com. Heartland Catfish is a Mississippi product from farm to table here in the state of Mississippi. Heartland Catfish, the Startwell CVB, go to startwell.org, and then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the midweek on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.